Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast. I am your host, Ben, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mike. How's it going, eh? <laughs> and John. I'm doing well, B. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at uh, volume uh, 20, uh, or issue 20, of Nintendo Power magazine from January of 1991. And this is the year where they start going uh, monthly. So uh, we'll we'll get through uh, years slower now at this point since uh, we have we have twelve issues in a year instead of just six. And, boys get uh, a month. Boy, boys are getting a monthly visitor now, but it's a fun one. <laughs> well, Jesus you to reiterate, the Playing with Power podcast is a retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine, where we go through each issue at one at a time, we talk about the articles and uh, everything else that comes up in conversation in between. So, without further ado, we are looking at uh, Mega Man 3 on the cover here. And it has got to be some god-awful artwork. <laughs> this is like Again. the worst cover I've seen on Nintendo Power yet. Oh, yeah. They've got that stupid-looking, like that puckish look on his face. Like, uh, wasn't there like a that kid who was like the asshole in Pinocchio, the one that like brought him to the island and taught him to like, you know, be a dick and... Then he turned into a donkey. He looks like the human version of that kid, but in a blue suit. Like, he's just got that look of, like, a smug prick. It just looks like they took, like, each... I mean, from a, a graphic editor perspective, they, like, they just found, like, Photoshop or whatever the hell its equivalent was in 91 and, like, just put a big Gaussian blur on, like, every, like, section at a time. <laughs> I, do like the in- I do like the integration. We've got an illustrated... Mega Man and Rush. We have what seems to be a uh, a live action Wily model in the background, and and artwork and sprites from the game itself. So right. it's a it's an integration. The sprites are the best part. Piece. Like the actual yeah. like <laughs> pixel art is probably the best piece of it. You know. What, so it talks about. You know uh, what it is? It's really your... off about it. It's the what? mouth. It doesn't line up with the chin at all. I think it's like upside down. You know? No, the mouth, that's right. It's just like 45 degree angle to the chin for some reason. It looks like Angie McDowell. <laughs> I think if they like rotated it like 190 degrees, I think it would have looked a lot lot better. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, when you're animating lips, as long as one is darker than the other, I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah. Just like flip the magazine upside down or the scan upside down in your case and just look, it just looks more, more natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if Andy McDowell was in a Japanese horror movie, that's what her face would look like. Oh, like Andy McDowell? No, she's just got like a very particular mouth. I see. <laughs> Sarah what Jessica Parker, that um, that she donkey witch. <laughs> well, what do you think about the smirk of like a Marjorie Tyrell? Uh, yes. Now you now you're nailing it. The more yeah. A little yeah. bit. I think it goes more like, like uh, opposite, where it goes up on the side. You know, like the uh, you ever heard of DreamWorks face? DreamWorks face. You ever heard of that phenomenon? So it's like uh, there's this oh, the uncanny valley meme out there where it's like here's Pixar, and it shows like uh, you know all the characters from Pixar, and then it's like and here's DreamWorks face, you know DreamWorks, and then just like every character is making the same expression, like. <laughs> <laughs> just google dreamworks face and you'll see what i'm talking about um 
I can. I've perfected that, by the way. If you ask me to do DreamWorks face on command, I will do it. <laughs> he doesn't do much on command, so I'm all that's right. right. So they talk about don't miss monster features, Deja Vu, The Immortal, and more. And they have a poster of Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. Mutants. So moving on in uh, inside on uh, page four here, they have what appears to be a letter from the editor, and they call it the power line. And they're basically uh, telling the uh, uh, subscribers what's in the current article, basically like a summary of what's in the issue, and uh, also letting them know they're going to be getting Nintendo Power monthly from now on. Wasn't um, wasn't Powerline the name of the the like music tour in the Goof Troop movie? No, that's the Madonna song. You keep pushing my love over the power line. <laughs> All right. Power line. Feels like I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So they've got uh, the table of contents over here. And um, I didn't have anything to say about this part. Did you guys? No, there's nothing here that uh, we can't mention later on. Yes. Okay. There was one particular picture that caught my interest, but it gets shown later, so... So let's move on in to the player's pulse, which is the mailbox now. Uh, who would like to start us off? Oh, I got to talk about this. The, uh, the first entry is Sky High Scores. This is to update you on a couple of my recent Game Boy Tetris scores. On July 8th, I achieved a score of 4,004 and some other number with 200 lines while flying at Mach 2 and 53,000 feet in the Concorde between London and New York. This was my first score in excess of 400,000. In one sense, it will always be one of the higher Tetris scores ever. <laughs> 53,000 feet high. <laughs> and we got, a we got a picture of the guy, and he's right next to a digital readout of the altimeter showing that he is going at Mach 2 at 55,000 feet I guess that was a feature on the Concorde where, you know, since you couldn't look outside without seeing streaks of clouds that, you know, this is letting you know, yep, this is what you're getting at. But uh, the cool thing is, is that his first score in excess of 500,000 was 507,110. And photographs of both scores are enclosed. And this guy made it into last week's issue, which we didn't read the top scores because, you know, why would we? But this is why we should. Because this man's name was Steve Mr. T. Wozniak from Los Gatos, California. The Woz, alias Mr. T. Don't know where I got that name since he doesn't have a T in the first letter of either of his. He Maybe. doesn't look that. He doesn't have a mohawk either, so. Does he pity the fool? Maybe. Maybe he has enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe in his idea, the fool was Gates. Maybe he has an <laughs> affinity for gold chains. Maybe. Well, not in, not in this picture, although he is missing his gold chain in this picture, which really would have topped it off because he would have looked like a 70s easy listening star. We're not going to talk about his lines record. Like, it's the 80s after, or just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, P.S. <laughs> my lines record is 202. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like a that Tetris? Sounds like a party. Oh, yeah, Tetris. Yeah, I'm pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My lines record is 200. Yeah, now that we remember that the, yeah, this guy's probably still in the eighty state of mind. So if he gets to four hundred four, <laughs> does it say lines not found? <laughs> awesome. 
Okay, okay so, so what else we got anyone... here? John, well, should you do one? my piece. <laughs> John, did you, want, did you want to do one? Um, well, I would jump to page seven for this fraternity story. I would say that's uh, one of the more interesting Go for ones. It. Um, so Mark Preston of Yokohama, Michigan... Uh, <laughs> Ypsilanti, Michigan. <laughs> Yokohama. I'm not pronouncing that. It's not Yokohama. That's like it's Ypsilanti. That's like a freaking Mayan god or some shit. I'm not saying that word. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he wrote in about. Uh, I'm for, yeah, because that's the only thing in your life that you've done that would offend any myriad of gods. <laughs> um, so he's in the Theta Chi fraternity at Eastern Michigan University. Uh, go fighting ruptured condoms i don't know what their mascot is but um, no no that's that's that, that's the mascot of i spread a thought <laughs> or the or the gay fraternity guy rammed a guy or or the drinking one kappa kega brew you know um <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he writes about how his fraternity uh, members, uh, well, he and one of the fraternity guys drove to South Padre Island, which is on the um, Gulf of Mexico uh, coast of Texas uh, near Mexico. And he said, oh, we're driving for, you know, a day or whatever to get down, or 20 hours to get down there. Uh, and we were using the Game Boy the whole time. And then when we got down there, I swear half the time that we were in South Padre Island, we were like in the hotel room playing Game Boy. And it's like the hell's wrong with the with you like I, I don't get me wrong i love video games and i and and i you know i enjoy the game boy but if there's drunk sorority chicks like outside and i'm i'm a college dude on on spring break every moment of my life is going to be spent like trying to hit these girls up i don't know it, what the hell anything that keeps anything that keeps them from hassling the chem students to make roofies for the girls is a good thing <laughs> So you know, Game Boy preventing rape in the in the early nineties. They did. This goes uh, not even as cool as like Lambda Lambda Lambda. <laughs> oh, Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds, which was filmed at Adams College or University of Arizona. So um, <laughs> they did, they sent a very good art. Yeah, the the, the, the hand drawn Luigi is really cool. They I guess they 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 wanted to honor him as an honorary member because Mario gets all the love. So. Yeah, so rooting for the underdog. Yeah. I mean, like th this could be like the best. This could be like the best uh, of both groups of Revenge of the Nerds. I I do remember like, hearing about a chemi a chemistry fraternity that um they were making their own uh, methamphetamines. I I believe at one point, like in the early or late nineties, and um well, yeah, you can cut out the middle. Well, maybe. yeah, <laughs> but um the police went to test it, and it went. Like all like the it wasn't coming back as the drug, and they couldn't figure out why. And it turns out like the the uh, the meth that they were making or whatever drug it was was so pure that it was purer than like the calibration sample uh, <laughs> they used to set the machine. So like they had to start using like the the chemistry frats uh, drugs to calibrate the machines. <laughs> so I don't know how true that oh is. I've never, I've never actually like real Walter White. Never looked into the veracity of that statement, but I have heard that story uh, before. So um, Ben, did you <laughs> want to talk about like the Russian vacation or or the uh, USO guys? No, I wanted to skip all that. I want to talk about the uh, video spotlight guys down okay. here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, before before we're done with the uh, mailbag, well, he's going to talk about the video spotlight. Uh, 
Google yes, but that's like afterwards. No, it that's afterwards. <laughs> it's a letter that was written in. It's on the page. Fine. <laughs> it's on the page, for God's sake. Go ahead, Ben. All right, thank you. So it's a, a member of a uh, Nintendo Fun Club <laughs> writes in about uh, what they do. And it's, uh, they did some interesting stuff, it sounds like. It says, members Jason and Daniel have Game Boys that we play through the big speakers during lunch. The teachers love that. I've gone as far as hooking Game Boy up to a guitar amplifier. At first, it sounded pretty obnoxious, but after a few adjustments, it sounded awesome. Sometimes we get together at a member's house and hook the NES up to a stereo. So what was kind of funny about this is like we were having a conversation in between recording, and apparently both Mike and I were nerdy enough to stick a tape recorder uh, and put it up next to the TV and make like mixtapes of uh, Nintendo music when we were kids. Nerd! <laughs> oh, sorry, what? <laughs> so, I Wait, thought it was we're, funny. We're not See, gonna talk we're about, alone. We're not going to talk about their club motto, That Was Easy, which was also <laughs> your mother's motto in college. Uh, well, these, that well, like Staples owes them some royalties, <laughs> right? I think. I, I, I love the picture of these guys. They look like 12, and yet they had the technical acumen to put out uh, a sweet kick-ass set. I mean, it looks like something... I mean, it's pretty enviable. You look yeah. at this thing, it's got, it's got a power mat as a drop cloth for <laughs> their table. Yep. They got two TVs, a shit stack of games. I'm worried about the it's, guy laying seductively across the front, though. That's kind of... Uh, I, I know, I think he, he, think he got into his... Uh, <laughs> he, got, <laughs> he got into his mom's uh, playgirl and he saw the Burt Reynolds spread, so... Yeah. He's just like, oh, so this is what guys are supposed to do. Okay. I love it. So this I guy, love these the, guys the actually t- took oh, it a bit. Wait, so no, those are all working TVs. Just looks like some of them aren't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. There's four TVs yeah. there at least. So these that guys is. actually uh, took it further than we did. They didn't just do mix mixtapes in terms of audio. He says he's also videotaped most of his game ending, ending so he can see them and show them to his friends without spending mega hours completing them again. He also taped the cinema scenes an exciting conclusion to make his own ninja guide in the movie. <laughs> That's a little further than I did, but I did tape some of my video game scenes because I thought like the uh, the end of the world scene in Final Fantasy VI was pretty kick ass. Yeah. So I hooked it, hooked the outputs to the VCR, ran it through, recorded it, and then I have no idea what the hell I did with it, but I did it. Well, I never had the VCR and, recording. Yep. And unlike you, I never held anything to the speaker. I ran a recorder. I ran a uh, recording into the uh, a cable from the outputs of the TV into the Walkman to record. That's legit. Well, yeah, I didn't want to have any like echo or loss of purity. I know. Well, I wasn't. I clearly was not as high tech as as you were. Uh, (laughs) I had to deal with what I had. Using the freely available ports in the back of the TV. At that age, I was just trying to jerk it to the Scrambled Spice Channel. So you guys are ahead of me anyway. So Spice Channel. Remember, like, Uh, like, didn't they come out with like a a set top box at some point? They were trying to get people to like buy like always like a fire box or spice box, something like that. Uh, Spice rack. (laughs) What kind of what kind of port did that have on it? Like, I don't don't know. (laughs) It was called the. F U F me port. Fuck <laughs> me, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you, fuck me. Talk. There's a male version and a female version. Talk about up, That's the way talk it about be. uploading onto the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, nah, close out the clean mix. that fuck box. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If you ever save someone's life and they're your indentured slave, that's the first duty you're giving them. <laughs> oh, God. Are you, are you sure you are you sure you want to be my slave? Yes, it is honor. You saved my life. I owe you. All right. <sighs> clean the well, all right. You're gonna clean the fuck box. Okay, if you do this once, I think we're gonna call it even. <laughs> With your tongue for the extra challenge. Oh. <laughs> Either right. clean it out or replace it. Your choice. <laughs> okay, so on that note, what other what other uh mail do we have in the mailbox? Uh, there's there's okay. a there's a family that went on a vacation to uh Russia, as one does at the fall of the Soviet Union. Um and there's uh it's the son writing in, I believe. Yeah, and he was saying that his parents uh couldn't find anything for a gift for his birthday because apparently you don't look at a calendar before you go on a trip. And um there was a couple on the boat trip through on the Volga River that had like two Game Boys and, and the parents bought one of the Game Boys off of them and gave it to him. So he got a used Game Boy for his uh birthday and uh played a bunch of Tetris in Russia as as one does. So and then the other letters from Patty Monroe saying her husband used the Game Boy in Desert Storm to pass the time before going off to kill Iraqis or whatever he did. Yep, the troops spent a lot of time in the desert just waiting around. They said playing the Game Boy was a great way to pass the time. And I love the uh, the little yellow box at the bottom. It says, Game Boy isn't the only portable power around. Snap some shots of yourself and Nintendo Power at a monumental point. Atop the Space Needle, the Empire State Building, Mount Everest, the sky is the limit. Send us the best. Now, I was just thinking, like, I bet that I bet you there's a frozen corpse on Mount Everest clutching a Nintendo power <laughs> with, with some of the pages ripped out and stuffed in the coat as a failed attempt at insulation, which would have made a great story had they survived mm. to tell it. And, and their letter would have ended with, I lost the leg, but not my love of Nintendo. <laughs> uh, all right. <sighs> Ben sounds like he's done. <laughs> that was like a, a deep sigh of despair. Uh, anyway, I, I think he just had a mental image of this poor guy covered in snow, frowned by a reclamation team thirty years later. No, I was thinking, oh, you could like, say the same thing about it, like a someone recovering from like a diabetes coma. <laughs> but then I thought that was probably too mean to say in the podcast. <laughs> Apparently, it isn't. Oh, uh, well. Diabetes took my Nintendo power and my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Just his foot, but not his love of Nintendo. That's the point. <laughs> okay, so we're done with the uh, mailbag. So we are on to Mega Man 3. That's um, right. So one thing, so straight off the, off the bat, so they have like um, these images of Mega Man and Rush and I had no idea until just now that they were solar powered. Apparently had tiny solar panels on their foreheads <laughs> that power them. <laughs> yeah, it would seem. Well, let me tell you, as someone who owns that- solar panels, that is not nearly enough solar panel to power those things. <laughs> and, and uh, well, of well, course, it's, it's, it's not enough future. for him either. That's why it's not <laughs> enough for him either. That's why he has a power generator in his chest. Like Iron Man. <laughs> like Iron Man. Going off of I think a the pretend solar, energy. 
I think the so no the solar panel is just for things like the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi. They're just to power the uh, yeah you know the smaller devices and like the Keurig the Keurig coffee maker. You know all the all the, all the essentials. <laughs> yeah, yes, he has a, he has a coffee dispenser. Yeah. He has yeah. a he has a coffee dispenser in his ass. Shot collar, you know. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. All right. <clears throat> By the way, can we talk about one of the best inventions ever? Those guys that walk around with like the backpack at games and they have like the frozen margarita like dispensers mm. like right on them. Have you seen those? Yeah. I've seen the ones with like a little uh, – it's got like a bag and it's got a tube with a straw that goes up the sleeve so that you can like sneak your drinks at sports games. Yeah, they make, like, kids, they make like – your, your kids' violin practice. Make, like, yeah, it's called a catheter. <laughs> they, and they make uh, they make like fake beer bellies that you fill in with beer and you can drink them through a straw. Yeah. <laughs> um, my col- yeah, people, people, that's the best advice for a cruise I've heard by the way is to like fill those up and stick them in your uh, luggage because right. they, they don't show up on the uh, yeah the little <laughs> bladders yeah. yeah yeah there you go <laughs> skirt, skirt the uh, more questionable authorities with uh, available tips not just in Nintendo Power but also in the Playing With Power podcast itself um, well before so you know it you you're, you're on the boat and like the, your only option is to pay Higher prices, eighty dollars, eighty dollars a drink. Because goddamn, yeah, I'm like paying so whatever. I'm paying bad, whatever or? they're asking it on a boat. So undermine the economy of the industry by uh, bringing right. in your own refreshments. Take and down the man. Ask, and if they ask why you did it, just say, "Hey, I found I found it on the Plingo Power podcast." So <laughs> you know we can use the publicity. No publicity is bad publicity. One of the smartest right. things what my college roommate did uh, was he was a, he was like a business leave. Huh. <laughs> he was a also by the way we are accepting uh donations for our legal counsel uh fees uh that are forthcoming on uh patreon so see us at patreon.com slash playing with power um if you want to stop ft if you want to stop fda agents from raiding your house aim for the head they're not that well protected oh fuck <laughs> wow <laughs> now you're playing with anarchy um so my college roommate was a business major and um at one of his things like he had to they had to start a business and like run it while they were in in school and so he actually bought one of those margarita machines and would rent it out for people's like parties and stuff on on weekends like quinceañeras and you know uh wedding like announcement parties and just all kinds of different stuff and what was fucking brilliant about it that like I have I have to give him credit People would always return that thing like half full. <laughs> so we would just be sitting all week because like they'd use like top shelf tequila and stuff. So like we all week we would just empty the thing. I'd be drunk for like four days straight <laughs> when they returned it. And then we would just clean it out, you know, at the end of the week and he'd, he'd run it out the next weekend. But like it was like an endless just buffet of top shelf to, like margarita uh, <laughs> basically supplied to us for free. Like people were paying him to supply us with like margarita stuff all through college. It's it's like, it's, it's a small miracle. My liver survived, but lovely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to, right. back to Mega Man three, Mega, Mega Man three. So it's a, it's an article about Mega Man three. We're looking at it and, uh, <laughs> and there's a, uh, there's a box, there's a box under called the game pack data box, which, is new. which has uh, a weird bunch of numbers and shit on it, but we will find out about, we'll find out about that. 
later on. And then they it's have the that, parameter. Then they've actually instead of no no no, 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 no the memory yeah, yeah we're gonna talk oh, about the memory stuff but they and instead of having bars for the power meter they've now uh, put like uh, actual numbers like to the tenth of a decimal. <laughs> they don't want. Yeah, so we don't have to bring a magnifying lens to see, like, wait a second, would this be a 4.2 or is it a 4.3? Right. Oh, they're taking out the guesswork. That was half the fun. Yeah, it was... Yeah, now they have, like, an Asian-looking Mega Man as uh, yeah. the model here. <laughs> well, he is Asian, isn't he? Well, he's a robot, so he's not any particular ethnicity, but in the... Well, he's Asian-made, you know? Well, Dr. Light doesn't look Asian. All right, well, I'm saying the game was. So... There you go. Yeah. Wow. So he's got a, apparently it's, it's like a, um, a readout, a blueprint of what's inside Mega Man. Solar panel at the top, microelectric brain, power generator in his chest. Arm cannon, obviously, processing unit in his chest again. Magna joint, whatever the hell that means, on his knee. Uh, so robots can get high. <laughs> <laughs> Hydraulic suspension on his uh, shin. And then a pressure pump. Uh, where his foot is. And I would imagine that is much like the uh, Air Jordans, where he has to pump it up. <laughs> and then, uh, poor whoa, Rush whoa, over here. Wait, he d- no. <laughs> Did you have. You, apparently, you never had Air Jordans because the pump was the, the pump shoes. Those are Reebok, and Air Jordans are Nike, so. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I, all right. Sorry. I got it wrong. I'm here to, I'm here to enforce my sports uh, authority, I guess. Anyway. Do they still make those, by the way? They're bringing they, like, back. The, they're, they're bringing back the pump, actually, because hmm. it's you know it's nostalgia. Hmm. They they always want to sell. Um, yes, at, like like how last year Nike was releasing um, the, the Back to the Future two like future self lacing sneakers yep. for like four hundred dollars a pop. So man, the aftermarket which, really, which, uh, <laughs> which are really useful to Michael J. Fox right now, especially with the loss of motor control. <laughs> I saw I saw a picture of him once at a restaurant, uh, like you know, like the ones up on the wall where they sign their names on their like mm-hmm. on their headshot, and it was like try the shakes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, well, this has got what, a uh, sense of humor about what, it. What the hell do we have against the disenfranchised on this show? <laughs> uh, I think we've just accepted the fact that we're going to hell. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so it's okay on. to say it's okay to say it as long as we don't believe it. Yeah, I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So on the rush uh, readout here, he's got a solar panel on his head and a shortwave antenna where his tail is. Right. And that's the all the detail you have about him, and he can transform into standard configuration where you can jump on him basically as a springboard. There's the rut jet blasts off at 300 kilometers per hour, which is called the RJ. Rush, just to brush jet, I guess. And then the RM, the Rush Marine, speeds through underwater sections at 80 kilometers per hour. That's a really so fast, some, like, submarine. I don't, I don't know if that's, like, actually, like, that yeah, might... Yeah, so it's 148 miles per hour. That might, well, 80 kilometers an hour. Wait. That's it's not right, because kilometers are... 80 kilometers is, like, four... I think they like, got it wrong. It's, like, 50. I think they got it mixed up. All right, Nintendo, we're calling you out on your, your conversion of, of units here. I think it was supposed to be 80 miles per hour and then 148 kilometers per hour. Yeah. No. The other one like has 300 kilometers for 556, so it seems like kilometers are like two-thirds of 
Or like, do you really not you know, know the conversion, Mike? <laughs> it's reversed. <laughs> it's backwards. A mile is bigger than your kilometer. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so, even, anyways, so 80, 80 miles an hour would still be incredibly fast for a submarine. That would that would like melt you <laughs> uh, with G forces. Well, he's a robot, so he can handle the centrifugal force. Oh yeah. Okay, I guess there's all right. Damn it, best it again. Remember, okay. he has hydraulic suspension and magna joints. Mm. You don't. <laughs> I have plenty of joints, so, but not magna joints. They wouldn't work on him. That's why his have to be magnetized. <laughs> they, they would work on like Rasta Man, though. <laughs> they would work on Riggin. <laughs> oh man, that was the tra- you that was the Tron attack. episode, wasn't it? When we talked about Rasta yeah. Man. Hey, Riggin. <laughs> Riggin. Come over right here, we're going to smoke up Spliff, man. <laughs> and watch Spongebob, man, on TV, man. Pass the duchy on the left-hand side. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah, all right. That's all I got is a reggae horn. <laughs> we be burning, not concerning what nobody want to see. <laughs> all right, the fast pace of playing with playing power in, continues. Uh, <laughs> Now, now you're listening to playing with ganja. <laughs> I was playing some inner circle tracks at the uh, pool party that you missed on uh, Mike. I was playing the uh, no. the cops theme song and then the other one they have. <laughs> what about UB40? No, I didn't get to that. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, so they talk about the uh, earn the powers of the robot masters, and what's really helpful here is actually sh- it shows you the order in which the bosses are supposed to be completed in. Starting and you with also missed Man. Mega, you missed Mega Man has a new movement to his arsenal, sliding. That's new. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure you couldn't slide in Mega Man Two or One. So all it mentions all the powers you can get. You get the top spin, which is ridiculous and useless until you get to the very end of the game. Search Snake, which is like a homing missile kind of thing. Shadow Blade. That's Sp- also what the ladies call it. <laughs> That's that's, that's Mike's that's Mike's Dayton move right there. <laughs> the search snake, search snake, <laughs> the spark shock, the uh, Gemini laser, the that's hard my knuckle. Move. Hard knuckles my the hard dating. knuckle. Hard knuckles my dating move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the needle canyon cannon. That's uh, my move when I'm having a be- an off night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the magnet missile. That's his move when he's having an on night. <laughs> there you go. That's when he's banging a juggalo. (laughs) How do they work? I don't understand. You don't have to understand. You just have to enjoy. So you get uh, different power-ups. It mentions the energy pellet, power pellet, one-up, energy tank, and there's also the surprise box, which (laughs) I don't even remember from the game. (laughs) Surprise box. Uh, Really? A surprise box? No. (laughs) I don't know. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Surprise box is... uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you open the the box, Wiley wins. (laughs) It'll make Kevin's Surprise box is when you date someone that doesn't identify with a gender. (laughs) (laughs) What bathroom do I use? God, dating has got to be so complicated these days. I mean... Who knows what you're getting into? You're like, okay, let's see what bathroom they walk into. Or if you can get into them. Eh. Sometimes they have <laughs> a bonus, go. sometimes they don't. It's all good. There you go. They put the bone in bonus. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. All right. So it's, it's taking you through each level in order. 
Uh, story again, story with Magnet Man, who literally just has a giant magnet on his forehead <laughs> with uh, some sweet ass uh, '80s shades. Yeah, and his color scheme going on. He, this here's what's interesting: is is it says a mysterious encounter, and it tells you about your first encounter with, and it calls him Breakman, which is interesting because in the game it, they call him Proto Man, right? I think um, he reveals himself to be Proto Man later on, but he just goes by the alias of Breakman for now. I thought that they but, called him um, Breakman in uh, in Japan, but Proto Man out here. No, in Japan, well, he reveals in uh, like Mega Man was originally Rock, and right. uh, his sister was Roll, and uh, Proto Man's original name was Blues. That's right, Blues. Party Rock. And and that's why he has the theme song of do 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 do. <laughs> yeah, you need to read the uh, the the Mega Man comic. It, it it follows the stories of all the Nintendo games in order, with some uh, interesting uh, in between issues, like just talking about like the world that he's in and like how some people don't look at robots kindly, you know, especially after the different Wily attacks. So. So it's kind of like late. It's, it's kind of like Blade Runner with the the simulants or synthetics or whatever they are. Well, it's uh, very cheery and optimistic, but you know, for a cheery and optimistic comic, it does have some, uh, uh, you know, some dark tones, like these federal agents, which are constantly watching Doctor Light, just wondering like, when's Mega Man going to snap and go Maverick like the other wily robot masters, and so. It's uh, it's pretty interesting, and there was even a crossover. So kind of like when when, like, when Iron Man made Ultron and he like went rogue. Yeah, okay. I follow you. But uh, you get to see how Wily kidnaps the robots and how uh, Mega Man's trying to appeal to their better nature, like remember, like reminding them of who they are, and he still has to destroy them anyway. But then he repairs them after, so then uh, he gets abducted, and then the robot masters go and save him, and so it's. Like, it's really interesting to see what you can, like, how much story there is actually in there with the right, with the right writing. Hmm. So if you uh, have the time, download the, or buy, if <laughs> it's possible, the Mega Man comic. Yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, Comic-Con is, in, yeah, is we, in Phoenix this weekend. Well, this will be way after the air. There was but, a, uh, yeah. a crossover. Go look, was a crossover. Go look at a Comic-Con for it, I'm sure. Yeah, one of the most entertaining ones I found was the crossover episode with uh, Mega Man and Sonic. <laughs> the two blue heroes meet. The Jetsons and, meet uh, the Flintstones. Do they come with a surprise box? <laughs> As being well, a crossover they, uh, episode? Well, of course, Meg, uh, Dr. Wily teams up with Robotnik. And since they both have a love of making robots, yeah, I can so see they that. figure they can uh, team up to take down their uh, their their blue enemy. So they switch off, and Robotnik starts sending guys after Mega Man, and Wily sends guys after Sonic. What a switch! So, it's a it's pretty neat, <laughs> and it has great artwork, like artwork by the fans as well as little uh, little gag comics, and like Mega Man went into a machine. And they said, like, this is going to upgrade you and make you more powerful. And he comes out looking like his artwork cover. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he's like, are you sure about this? Uh, let's let, look here. Let's hit the reset button on that one. Are we going to talk about the, the so, next two bosses, which em- uh, exemplify my dating life? Hard man and top man. Oh, before we before we get there, <laughs> I, I, my uh, nine year old self left a gift to me. OK. Um, so 
where it has a magnet man and tells you how to beat them, in all caps in red ink, like a red big pen, I wrote Shadow Blade <laughs> on Magnet Man. <laughs> nice. It's like the Goonies when they left a clue on the map for your. For your so apparently, you beat Magnet Man with the Shadow Blade, even though he's the first character. I don't think I always uh, agreed with them, some of their ordering because some of the stages are really hard, uh, unless you get like you know power ups and stuff like that. Speaking so, of hard, Hard Man. There you go. And it, he he's the first robot we've seen here who seems specifically designed for shitting. <laughs> what? Oh like, yeah, because he like look at he's in a squat position and he has a and he has a hole between <laughs> his legs. Like he's he is specifically designed to squat and eject. Lovely. So uh, the, he has uh, knuckles that fire at you. So apparently that's what you get. Well, that's, now you know why he has such a big cavity. Lovely. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original Goat C. Hard man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, look at it. That's a perfect oh. hand size right there. You know what he's been doing while he's waiting. And you know he must have been friends with Top Man. Yeah. <laughs> should rename should rename Hard Man Bottom Man. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, if, if you look at Top Man stage, there's a there's another robot designed specifically for shitting. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a big. He looks like well, well like well, like Robotnik. Like He's just like a golden really man. angry, like robotic, like sumo wrestler almost. Who is taking a shit? Who's <laughs> squatting down, and he has like an outport like right in his anus. And he looks focused, like he's just trying to get something out that's not coming out. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, he accidentally sat on like an eight ball or something and he's trying to squeeze it out. Or like he sat on top man's head and like it just widened him out. And yeah, he, he, he uh, met up with top man and he's the bottom, apparently. <laughs> now he's bottom man. Yeah, he's the bottom man. Uh, <laughs> then they, they have shadow man after that and he's got the, uh, the shadow blade on his forehead. And apparently you have to hit him with a top spin. So there you go. I do like in Shadow Man stage where you have the holograms, but instead of like creating images on the screen, it covers all the images on the screen by uh, coating the entire room with uh, black. Hmm. And you have to shoot the lights to uh, find your way. So that's a pretty neat, pretty yeah. neat uh, change on instead of like oh we're going to generate uh, fake enemies or something no we ju we're just going to bathe the entire room in darkness yep makes it makes it way more difficult to get through yep and then we have spark man stage after that and uh you look at spark man and uh a a as john would put it he's got the samus aaron conjvent <laughs> chaunch i think he said chaunch right really uh -huh. I know what a cooch is, but he I said know he chaunch. said Yeah, but he put an N in it for some reason. <laughs> he did. Eh. What the? It's a seashell. <laughs> it's a seashell. <laughs> All right, and then they have uh, <laughs> Snake Man stayed after that. And uh, let's see here. Snake Man's most threatening attack is direct contact. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right. Really, I thought he'd like bite you, but. Or, like, spit at you, but... Mm -hmm. And then after that, they have the Gemini Man stage, and I assume this is one where he multiplies himself. Yep. Yeah, it says Gemini yep. Man splits in half and circles the room. He won't fire unless you fire first, hop, and shoot. Yep. And this is one of the best encounters with Breakman because you don't do a damn thing. 
he just opens the way for you to move on through these colored bubble stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got these eggs. When you shoot at them, little uh, tadpole sperm come out at you. So, I don't know, they got like these little sperms and eggs with screws in them. So I guess that's how baby robots are made. Lovely. So this this level is actually not terribly difficult if you have um, the rush. This is underwater mainly. So if you have the rush marine, um, then you can just sort of float by this big area. There's a lot of gaps where you can die. So pro tip there. Then we have Needleman, and it says, try to stay as far away from Needleman as you possibly can and avoid the shower of needles with quick jumps and to use a Gemini laser on him. And then up next, they've got the, let's say, dock robot stage. Let's see here. Yeah, where you fight one enemy that takes on, you fight one enemy but eight times through four stages, and this guy takes on the qualities of the previous robot masters from Mega Man 2. So even though they don't look, which I really wish they would, but it's just one robot who uh, shoots metal blades at you because he's taking on the powers of Metal Man. Then when you fight him again, he takes on the, he throws boomerangs at you really fast as he takes on Quick Man, and so on and so forth through Heat Man, Wood Man, Flash Man, Bubble Man, Air Man, and Crash Man. Mm-hmm. But then you finally get to see Wily's amazing skull castle. And <laughs> probably the best part about um this is actually a really good um Wily Castle. There's a kind of a more famous one of the mini bosses in here. It's called the Rock Monster. And it's the return of this guy. And it it's 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 an interesting concept because it's it's i didn't realize it was rock throws more like sand um but pieces of the guy will float from one side of the screen to the other so in addition to having to avoid getting shot by this guy with like a like a spread shot and that kind of thing you also have to be jumping over like the pieces of him that are getting flown across the room at the same time so you really have to be on your toes to to make it out alive yeah he's a pretty uh, memorable boss that's that's probably the most difficult part of like this this ending piece. I would think I, I would say more difficult oh, than Dr. Wiley. I think the third stage looks pretty awful. Because <laughs> you have to fight three copies of Mega Man. <laughs> it says only one of them can be hurt by Mega Man's attack. That one, I mean, you just have to get the, get it right and then just like blow them to smithereens with like a powerful well, uh while dodging these assholes running around shooting at you. Right. But I mean the AI is not not that swell in this. From what I remember, um, it, it's not as difficult as the Rock Monster, in my opinion, anyways. Rock Monster! Rock Monster! We were at a castle! And it looked like a massive skull! And there we saw a blue guy! Lovely. And he was fighting a rock monster. Uh, Anytime I have an opportunity da, 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 and there's a jukebox with that song on it, I will put money in and have it play. Of course, it's a banger. That's, I mean, that's my standard to go to for any jukebox. All right, so that concludes our coverage of Mega Man 3. It is a, a decent game. I would say not as good as number two. And I honestly think Mega Man 3 signals the end of... Um, 
the NES uh, life cycle. Honestly, I think it's the beginning of the, it's the beginning of the end here for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Wait, is it the end or Super is the beginning? Is the beginning or the end? It's the it's the beginning of the end for them uh, because the well, NES wasn't there Super <laughs> the Super <laughs> NES is on the way. Wasn't there six no, okay. total? He's talking the NES he's, before. He's talking about yeah, but like this is <laughs> like. I'm talking about the quality. console life cycle is what I'm talking about. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the NES stayed on. They, they, they still make games for it once the Super Nintendo came out. It's just, you know, we, I'm pretty we, sure, we like, all they, moved on. They, <laughs> they, this is like they peaked in, in uh, 1990, I think, with the Nintendo. Let's, uh, and now that's it's actually, like... What was they, the last NES game? Wario's well, Woods. Wario's Woods? <laughs> yep. Well, it, was good the final game, it was the final game made. I'm sure in 1994. Yeah. So that's like three years after the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it had a really long life cycle just because it had a massive install base. I mean, think about everyone buying it from when it came out in 86. Why the hell did you. Five years later, 91. Why did you know know that, like, right off the top of your head? Oh, and I was looking to. uh, I was curious before, so I looked up Wikipedia to find out what was the last game, and it was Wario's Woods. Okay. I looked it up before. <laughs> so anyways, um, that's my uh, sign of the apocalypse, is, I'm calling it, is Mega Man 3, 1991. I think uh, we're going to see the Super Nintendo come in and uh, start swooping the coverage and and, and taking away. Did you taking th- it away to the next uh, next era of video games. Did you see the line from the Game Pro review for Mega Man 3, by the way? Uh, McKinley no. Noble wrote... Uh, actions such as pulling teeth, lifting a car over your head, or performing open heart surgery are significantly easier than beating Mega Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> Leaps must be precise, enemies must be dispatched rapidly and accurately, and there's a constant state of, re- of delicious near panic as you wait to see what vicious demands the next room will place on your platforming skills. Okay, I beat I Mega Man 3 at 9 years old. It's not that hard. I have no memory of the uh, of the Doc Robot stages, so... That just tells you how far I got with this game. But then again, it was also one of the games that my friend had, not that I had, so I just never had a chance to put in the uh, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours of practice to to eventually crack the code and get through it. Okay, but before they uh, sunset the Nintendo Entertainment System, they're going to tell us all about uh, how game packs work and uh, how it interacts with the NES control deck. So Yeah, they... They Mike really, oh, they pulled back the curtain on yeah. this one and showed us all the amazing goodness. Well, this section is the sections about memory, correct? Like they explain the way the memory on the cartridges work is sort of. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah, it says the NES was designed so that the latest technology could be used in each generation of game packs. Yes, the NES was so brilliant it was made to be scalable, so that it could accept new implementations of new and new chips. So, you know, back when they designed it in 85, they thought, you know, what's going to be around in 92? Well, and they, and they made it uh, playable. And, well, there's drastic differences in game packs. See, in 1985, the first NES ROMs appeared, the first NES games appeared using the NROM. Now, that stands for read-only memory. By today's standards, or <laughs> today being 1991... The two microchips, one for program and one for characters, were small. The program ROM's maximum memory size was 256, and the character ROM's max memory was 64K. 
Of course, small is a relative term because 256K means 256,000 bits of information. And 1K equals 10,124 10, bits. Thousand. So 256K is a bit larger than 256,000, but size isn't everything. And we get a lovely diagram that shows what's in the game pack. A character chip and a program chip. And then what they work through, through data and addresses, to let the character work through the video RAM and the CPU, while the program goes through the work RAM and the PPU. Now, I don't think it's said what the PPU is, but... Post-processing unit, I'm guessing. All right. Okay, and then we step up, because, you know, you can't keep making new games that look the same as the old games when you can make them look better. So how do you do that? You find ways to expand the capabilities of the NES, and the UNROM was one result. The UNROM game pack has a PRG ROM, a program ROM, and a RAM chip. That's right, this stands for Random Access Memory. It's a place used to store information until it's needed, like a filing cabinet. Now the UNROM allows greater memory size and a process called bank switching, which we will now describe. To understand bank switching, picture a game program as one page in a storybook. The first thing you'll notice is that you can only write so much on a single page. One page story might be okay, but if you want to expand the story, you'll need to add more pages. It's the same with games. Program size is limited, but you can add programs to the chip. Bank switching allows you to have several programs in one chip. So it's how you can change different uh, levels, or like when you're playing a different mechanic, like one is an overhead, then you enter a side-scrolling level. This is how it's done, because it's one is a side-scrolling program and so on and so forth. Now, an even bigger revolution comes in the form of memory management controllers. It's a custom-designed set of circuits in a chip that allows specialized functions. Some of these circuits, which are called logic gates, increase the speed or efficiency of com computations. And then they go on to tell us that MMCs are more compact, cheaper, and allow more memory and character size than logic gates. Now, some of the benefits include being able to scroll in different directions and the use of battery-backed up, battery up RAM that can save your progress from one play session to the next. When the first wave of games with MMCs hit, they made quite a splash. Games using this include Legend of Zelda, Metroid, and Kid Icarus. See, the Mario game didn't have that, which is why you can only scroll in one direction. Because once it loads something, it's done. But with games with these MMCs, they could keep the level, the entire level in play so that that's why you could scroll up, down, and go back to where you were before. Now, on the next page, they're going to tell us all about the MMCs, and this is where I did a little research. Yeah, MMCs are really what, like, pushed Nintendo to the forefront of this generation. It's what, like, made them be able to program, like, on a level that the other consoles just weren't at. Uh, it, took, it took a while for everyone to catch up to Nintendo. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, here's the MMC Encyclopedia, where we get to see MMC 1, 2, 3, and 5. What happened to 4? Well, we'll get there. All right. <laughs> the, first, the first MMC chip to be used for the NES is still the most popular today. Many of the classic games like The Legend of Zelda and Metroid became possible only after the MMC1 was developed. Metroid, include, Metroid, for instance, much of the challenge and excitement comes from the ability of the game to scroll vertically and horizontally. 
That change of pace keeps the game fresh and exciting all the way to the end. Extra memory can also translate into more worlds and more enemies. MMC2. Now, only one game has been designed for use with the MMC2, but that game is one of the biggest hits of all time, Punch-Out. It's unique in several ways. First, the opponents are big characters. You can see big expressions, you can see expressions on their faces, and subtle movements of feet and hand, which are often signals to throw a punch or guard. Second, the game program has a great number of variations which require extra memory. You know, like all those different faces moving in the background. And then MMC3. Along with additional memory size, the MMC3 allows some great innovations like the split-screen scrolling in Super Mario Bros. 3. You know, the scoreboard at the bottom of the screen is actually a second screen because it stays put even as Mario sprints from left to right up and down. <coughs> it's made possible by a timer function built specifically into the MMC3. Scrolling at an angle is also possible, which is used, you can see in NES play-action football. Now, MMC5. The latest advances include an improved battery, pack-up, battery backup system, better color definition, and it shows a screenshot of Castlevania 3 where you can see all the different variations of colors, the stained glass windows, the stairs. Now, some of these improvements are due to a customized mathematic module that frees up the control deck CPU from repetitive functions, such as running an internal clock. It also allows a vertical split-screen scroll, which means you can have a sidebar of information while the scrolling action of the game continues. Memory size for the MMC5 shoots up to 8 megs. With a single meg equaling 1 million bits, that's a lot of memory. As for saving games with the MMC5, you won't have to put reset on your control deck while pushing power when you want to quit. Now, you may wonder, what happened to MMC4? Well, I checked it up on Wikipedia, and it was only used in three games, and none of them left Japan. That was Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Gaiden, and Famicom Wars. Now, if you've seen, like, the Advanced War series on Game Boy, the first one was a Nintendo game called Wars, <laughs> Famicom Wars. And these were only released in Japan. And the funny thing is about the cover of the Wars game, if you look on Wikipedia, it's a bunch of like white and black guys. So it's like an American soldier or an American army, but yet somehow never left Japan. <laughs> and, and that chip was only used in three games. And the thing is, is that it was developed like proprietarily by intelligent systems, the same guys that do Fire Emblem now. And functionally, it is nearly identical to the MMC2, except the difference is that the MMC4 switches program ROM in 16 kilobyte banks instead of 8 kilobyte banks and has support for a battery-packed SRAM to save game data. Now, we've asked before on the show, why the hell do you have to hit reset if you're going to be shutting it off? Like, doesn't this kill the power or anything? Well, it doesn't. It looks to kill it on the screen, but when you hold the reset button, it allows a precious few seconds for background saving operations to give them time to complete to avoid corruption to the save file. Hmm. But newer chips like the MMC5 and the, and the top loader NES or the NES2 that came out later had bypassed that. <laughs> ben opened a beer. That wasn't no, that me. Was me dro- no, I dropped a cat. Uh. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> we look at the little depressed that we didn't open a new beer. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Aww. 
So uh, finishing up here, it says battery packs. In the early days of NROMs, if you wanted to finish a game, you had to do it during one play session. That limited the complexity of games because no matter how good a game is, players are only human and they have to stop to eat and sleep every so often. You know, never mind the fact that they may have lives or obligations. No, it's just the eating and sleeping. That's the only reason you can't play. <laughs> in a RAM chip where in game information is stored, memory takes the form of switches that are either turned on or off. If a switch is on, it represents the digit 1, and if it's off, it represents 0. Together, these 1s and zeros make up numbers, which is how computer information is stored. Without the power turned on, all the switches are deactivated, and the information is lost. By putting a battery in the game pack, game data can be stored as long as the life of the battery, about five years. And then they talk about compression, where they display data in the form of Tetris blocks that are scattered all over the place, and then when they're compressed, they're all put together nice and even. And as says, you can be a know-it-all. What's with the new power data box? Well, the first number is program memory size. The second shows character memory size. The M stands for megabits. The type of MMC and the size of the work RAM are also shown. So, yep. What do you think and they, uh, just, to, just to interrupt here, why do you think they uh, decided to start showing this? Do you think it was, they were getting some heat from, from like the competition, like Sega saying, you know, where they started going with the uh, the whole bit race. We've got twelve bits. We've got sixteen bits. They've only got eight. I'd have to. Th- I'd have, was was Sega, have to think. It's just was par- Sega out at the time. Uh, ninety one. Master System, I'm sure was. I think it was more just that they. I think par- they had to assume at least some of the readership would really enjoy having that information. And since, you know, they knew... Well, friggin' Steve Wozniak is sending in letters to this. I mean, like, they clearly got a technically capable audience. Right. I, I don't know about that, because, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's in, really in Nintendo's best interest to be pointing out um, this kind of detail about their games. This, they even have right here, you know, that even Dr. Mario is not, like, doesn't have, like, a ton of memory or anything on it, but it's a really fun game, you know? So you can have a really crappy game that takes up eight megs or whatever... <laughs> but a really good game that doesn't use up anything at all. It's not like a good measure of uh, the game. So well, why I expose think, it, you know? Well, if you're going after people that are uh, impressed by shiny things, <laughs> then, you know, they don't care about the quality of the game as long as it looks great. Then, you know, you can go for those types of morons. Yeah, like pe- <laughs> people that buy iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, you're uh, trans or if you're gay or if you're an Apple fan. If you're on the margins of society, we're coming for you. <laughs> you know, like seventy percent of our listenership comes from uh, Apple devices, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just assaulted no like the vast majority of our audience. It's funny. Everyone I I talk to and say, hey, you know. They they say they have an iPhone, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm like, well, what are you going to get for your next phone kind of thing? Because they might have an older one. Well, I'll just get whatever the new iPhone is. And I always kind of question that. Well, you know, why is that? And the answer is either like, well, it's kind of always what I know. And I don't, I don't like Android because of whatever reason, because they don't understand, you know. Or the other reason I, it makes sense to me, which is, well, I already bought into the app ecosystem. Right. I have an iPad. I've got you know, a family with all these devices, you know, we bought, spent thousands of dollars on music and apps and whatnot. 
I don't How am I going to get music? How am I going to get music from my iTunes to my friggin' Android phone? I want to know how to do that. They're not, they couldn't possibly be compatible. Well, yep, I heard that well, too. I mean, in their defense, you know, if you're used to the way something works, you know, and there's a segment of the population that, that iPhone works well. And, Some, and sometimes, and sometimes they're a, provided by employers too. Like, you know, that's just. And, and you have enough money and you can easily afford the idiot tax. <laughs> then yes, you can you can stick with Apple. Say what you will, but they make some of the finest cameras on any phone out there. So I definitely have camera envy. My uh, my Android phone has a sh- shitty camera on it. Yeah. Um, and they do a nice job putting together the hardware. And like iOS is is decent by itself, but the problem is it's a whole it's just a closed it's the closed walled garden system. Yeah. So if you want to make any changes to your phone that Apple hasn't. Uh, allowed for to make it really difficult to do so so anyways that's my uh soapbox for that yep so uh that cuts down the tech talk (laughs) this i I will say it's all you had on the clock yeah right she's party don't stop (laughs) tech talk he only spoke for about 20 minutes about video game memory what i will say is if you're interested in in like logic gates and things like that the it is actually worth your time to go check these pages out because the the Nintendo Power, whoever wrote this section, did a did a very good job of taking something very technical and sort of uh, the the Reddit explain like I'm five equivalent of like um, you know try to break down the way that you know um, of the system accesses memory and like make it make sense to everyone. So like I, I this is one of the more impressive sections that I've seen in, in, in one of the power uh, magazines to this date. So, uh, do, do you think, do you think Bill Gates was ever tempted to name his kid logic? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> that's like the, you know, oh. you know what the Learjet guy called his daughter, right? Fuel. Shanda. What's that? Chandelier. 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 Oh, Oh man. Oh. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Is bad. Yeah. Um, I, I will also say if you got if anyone out there is interested in more of this, like you know how the uh, hardware components work together, check out uh, Ben Hex's YouTube channel. Um, that's H E C K Ben Hex, not me. <laughs> um, and he does a really nice job uh, of tearing down um, old. He's got some YouTube uh, videos where he tears down old uh, systems and explains in um, easy to understand layman's terms about. Um, how they operate together and pros and cons. He often does comparisons of the same console generation. I haven't seen the one about the NES, but I did watch one about, uh, I think it was the PS2 versus um, the Xbox 360, I think. Yeah, he, did, he, yep. he tears and, down and old and systems, uh, we tear down old games. There you go. And, and the people who make the magazine every now and then. <laughs> That's much every time. Especially Howie. <laughs> Just so, go see, uh, so go see Ben's channel, What the Heck. To find, uh, what's, uh, what's inside your devices Lovely. all right so what else do we next have? up let's get let's go to the next section before we get stuck and again all right the immortal is up next this game so let's talk about the immortal so boring it's got one memory times two memory whatever that means it's not it's not like they just explained it to us 10 seconds yeah ago. right it's using the M- mmc3 it must be good it has a play control of 3.7 though uh-oh but the but the challenge and fun are four plus. 
So it's a hack and slash game at an isometric angle, and apparently you take the role of a wizard slash buccaneer. He's got like a pirate sword <laughs> and a magic staff, apparently. But I only see him using the sword. And uh, I got, okay, I can't wait anymore. Looking at the picture of the goblin, <laughs> it, looks like he's attack- it looks like he's attacking you with his cock. <laughs> what? And, and he's shoot and he's shooting stars at at you. Okay, look at the goblin in the dungeon denizens and tell me he's not attacking you with his cock. Oh, I see on the right hand side. I thought you were talking about the arc on the left. Yes, the ah. goblin. He just looks like he's holding his piece. <laughs> and like, it's got like a, a sparkler coming out of the tip. <laughs> it's full of stars. Yeah, there's probably a re- subreddit for that out somewhere. <laughs> oh, like the the pegging one? Sparkler tips. Oh, okay, not pegging. That's a different one. <laughs> no, I'm sure that that's something else, I'm sure. <laughs> uh so basically he's telling you about all the moves, all the uh bad guys you come across, including apparently worms. Uh I don't know how those are dangerous, but there have you, you ever go. been have you ever Flying been to Mexico? <laughs> you learn to fear the worms, trust me. <sighs> oh uh all the derogatory remarks aside, this is almost Super Nintendo level yeah. graphical fidelity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 pushed the they pushed the limits of that MM3 chip. Yeah, he's got some nice like shadow definition on his cloak and everything. Uh, and you to avoid traps, including cannons, fire traps, hidden pit traps, <laughs> yeah, floor spikes. Watch out for the trap and, game, which, everyone. And uh, arrows. <laughs> And then it goes through in the next pages. It's just showing you a, a giant, really nicely put together level layout. Yeah, it just um, looks so boring. I don't care about this game at all. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like this game, just like like reading about it. I don't know. Like it's maybe, what, maybe you should try playing it. Maybe it's got more some of that more medieval dubstep. No, no. I, 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 I do want. I do want. Like, yeah, Anna's ring. I would let. I hope it's a cock ring. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, I saw a picture of her. She looks like a gender swap. Troll gnome or garden gnome? No, we're talking about Anna on page thirty-seven, not the. Yeah, yeah. Look at her. Look at her with that red hat, that blue dress, and the white hair. <laughs> she's a gender swap lawn gnome. Well, she does it for no. me. All right. She's a hot one. <laughs> yeah. She can sit on my lawn anytime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, for level three. You have an option of. You have an option to pick a fight. Where you just throw a knife between two trolls and they each think that the other one's laying it down as a challenge. So they start beating the shit out of each <laughs> other. So you get to you get to be a real shit heel. And that's just awesome. that's kinda cool. And just turn people against each other. Yeah, I mean like the I will say, it looks cool. It's just it looks so boring. Like I, Well, I will say like the environments aren't terribly exciting. I mean, it's just repeated like bricks over and yeah. over the occasional like door. You know, and, I mean, the character design is, is nice, but the environments is just like, I would agree, this looks extremely boring. Dude, you get to cause fights between between allied races, and you get to probably bang a garden gnome. <laughs> so. Well, I can do that in my, in my backyard right now. So here's uh, level five. <laughs> yes, but, yes, but this one doesn't require a drill and an extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Uh, level five, he's got another uh, interesting portion. Uh, it says, use the potion from the merchant to make your way through the hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, yo, glory hole. 
<laughs> Again, a power drill and an extension yeah. cord. That's all you need. It says into a mouse hole, so I don't know if like the hole gets bigger or if you just get smaller. Uh, then, I don't uh, know. Apparently, <laughs> don't know. If, you want, if you want to get into a mouse hole, I'm pretty sure where there's a Will and there's a John, there's a way. <laughs> red, red. There's not enough lube in the world. Red room of the, warm do- of the warm doom. <laughs> Yeah. Look at that path you have to take. Fuck that business. Like, no Use thanks. the worm sensor or follow the pattern to the door. So apparently you get a worm sensor. Is that like a spidey sense? But no. Just, for, just specifically for worms? It finds you tequila. Oh. That's not bad. Hey, now. That's not a bad thing to have. Yeah, I can't drink tequila. It makes me break out in fat chicks. <laughs> you might need tequila to make it through this game. <laughs> All right. The final and, conflict, uh, though, it looks awesome yeah whatever this is that you is fight the dragon uh and it's like this giant head of a dragon like just breathing uh fire at you when you have to use different spells yeah, including like, like, blink yeah and blink, statue blink 182 and statue of liberty play like it's yeah all kinds of yeah 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 you have to you have to fight it with all the small things <laughs> Yeah, I'd kind of be interested to see uh, some reviews of this game since we didn't get a chance to play it to see if it was any any good or or not Good, good thing. Good thing Mike is uh, breaking wood in his in, in his house again. <laughs> Just imagine a, a nice crackling fireplace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in your and, my, uh, and Mike just occasionally place. snapping timbers with his bare hands. There just, you go. Oh, time to put another log on the fire. Just break open a cord, rip it in half, and well, there we go. I mean, I, I kind of assume. I guess I should explain for our listeners that all Canadians live in log cabins uh, and have a uh, you know have to constantly burn wood to keep warm up there because it's always cold. All right. Uh, computer so. gaming world praised the Immortals graphics, but say the game is really an arcade game. It was too linear to succeed. To succeed as an RPG, so I guess this is more about the computer because this is on PC, Apple II. I see, um, and that came out. All on right, the, so next yeah. up they go over classified information, and apparently they have a nice stamp on it now, which says it's in the power top secret, uh, which is yep. interesting. Yep, like the uh, the coverage in the first game, Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. You get bonus Belmonts, so the game rewards you for begging <laughs> because <Help me. laughs> you mentioned the name. Help me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you put your you name yourself help me and you get uh ten characters in reserve. Which is hilarious. Yeah. And then you get a snowboarding game, heavy shredding, and yes. if you enter in a code, you get extra shredders. I bet me I bet your master splinter hates this game. <laughs> and then uh Invisible Man, there's an invisible guy in the first uh castle of Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Um, Alien Asylum? Did they even mention this game? I've never, never heard, heard Dash of this. Galaxy. Alien Dash Asylum. Galaxy and the Alien Asylum. That's uh that's uh Donald Trump's least favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> Dash Galaxy is gonna be the name of every American if he gets if he gets elected. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just Dash. Yes. No Muslims allowed. Uh, image fight, which sounds in, uh, image fight is like a you know. <laughs> That's the election right there. Yeah. <laughs> Skater die two. Blah blah blah. Thunderbirds. Swords and serpents. Um, and then they have thunderbirds. Okay, moving on. We got <laughs> another feature on Deja Vu. Didn't we just and, talk about uh, this we, game? <laughs> we did in the previews last time. <laughs> oh. It is like uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the game. Shadowgate. Shadowgate. 
Oh. It's exactly like but Shadowgate, I've, but it's a murder I have mystery. I a strange feeling that Protected. I've like seen this game. The before. cover of this, the cover photo is retarded <laughs> because it's it's a photo of him holding a photo holding of, a photo of him, him holding a photo of him holding a photo of him. It's like photos all the way It's like he's looking for himself. I'm a I'm a sucker for like those endless gifts that do that. <laughs> I really am. I, I find them completely mesmerizing. It's like walking in, you know, to a room and there's like a mirror on opposite sides of the wall, and you're just like, oh, I'm seeing forever. It's infinity. It's infinity. And beyond. So there's a lot here on this game, um, and I don't think any of us have played it or done any prep for it. So uh this well, game I'll, looks fantastic except <laughs> for the whole shitty menu full of crap and it's like it would have been better if you could just play this thing as an actual game instead of like reading it can anyone do like a uh like a 30s um or 50s uh detective voice because he's got this check some... walked in this check walked into my office see she told me i had some choices i could examine i could speak i could hit <laughs> Darn well, you know what I did. After that, I closed. Then I opened. Now, did I take? Did I leave? Well, I had a bottle and some powder on my desk, so of course I hit the use button. <laughs> well, no, they have an intro up here at the top and left. And that was green. game over for me, you see? You have an intro on the top left? Yeah, where it says maybe worse things had happened to me. Oh. Oh, yeah, the whole thing is narrated. The whole thing is narrated from his perspective. Like, yeah. Time was running out, see? I had to start <laughs> finding some answers quick. I love the uh, caption here on, on the first screenshot. There's nothing worse than waking up in a washroom stall. Except me <laughs> looking into a mirror Except and not recognizing your own mug. Am I the only one that's doing this in character? Oh. Yes. I couldn't I can't do the voice. Maybe worst thing has happened to me, see? <laughs> it's like Bugs Bunny. I like it. Do you think your neighbor could do a voice? <laughs> oh, is Tyson around? Is that is he knocking at your oh. door? Hold on, let me let me be right back. Let me peek over the fence here. Hold on a second. He might be hitting the heavy bag in the backyard. Okay, okay, I think he's coming over. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, Mike, come on in. You don't need to knock. He knocked. You don't need to knock. He knocked. Wow. Okay. All right, I'll let he's, him in. He's polite. Oh, he's the man who knocks. Shit, the dog started barking. He's polite. <laughs> uh, hey guys, what's up? Hey. Oh hey, hey, hey Mr. Tyson, we were uh we were looking to uh have Ben narrate a portion of this uh, game Deja Vu. It's a uh, like a Dick Tracy uh film noir type game. Like you know those all black and white murder mysteries? Uh I uh, no, I don't want I don't watch anything that's in black and white. I only watch uh, things that are in black. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, uh, well, if you're OK, well, that'd be great. Do you think that you could read some of these uh, these pages as Shaft? Uh, that'd be like a uh, another detective. That's someone you got to be familiar with. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can do some of that. Sure. Uh, uh, well, uh, how about this diary of a gumshoe? Uh, we see some uh, 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 talks about some locations. On page 45. It's on yeah. the uh, page 45. Uh, diary of a, of a gumshoe. I'm a gumshoe. <laughs> Uh, can, can, a little more Richard Roundtree, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember Richard, Richard Round, Roundtree? Shaft. Oh, my gosh. Shaft. The best man can get. Oh, my God. 
Diary of a Gamasu. And every turn, new questions will occur to you. It's like but Ben had a stroke. How do you get cab fare? How, how do I do, guys? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, Mike. Pretty good. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, I got to get go back. Go back to the heavy bag? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. Okay. Don't call it a comeback. Right, okay, we'll see we, you guys. All right, bye, Mike. We, 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 love your, uh, we love your mysteries cartoon. It's very good. Bye, Mike. Oh, here you left. I'll let him know you said that. Oh. Don't, okay. don't, wake, don't wake Rory up on the way out. Yeah, I, I just grabbed the door from him this time. Oh, okay. I should have just opened it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so what we have here, I guess you can uh, write, you can, have, you have a notebook where you can keep track of all your items. You know money, what this looks? This looks like a better version of that uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit game. Like if if that game was actually yeah. executed well, like this would. If it would, wasn't for the interface of this game, like just the graphics and the idea, yeah, it, it really could have. Like if LJN simply looked at this game and just thought, okay, we'll scrap the uh, the text interface and just make uh, Bob Hoskins do all this shit. <laughs> then that would be great. <laughs> like, if you could be Roger Rabbit, like, like trying to uh, uh, deframe yourself and you've got to, like, convince Eddie, you've got to, like, bring evidence to Eddie to, you know, exonerate yourself and he'll let you know, like, if this helps or, if it, like, if it raises questions or... Yeah, I mean, this, this is kind of... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that... Uh, uh, was it L.A.? Was it L.A. Noir? Was that the game that... Yeah, I remember that one anymore. That it, was the it was one where you didn't like that game. I haven't played it yet. It's in my rental queue for oh, uh, wow. for three sixty games. I got like fifty games left to rent, and then <laughs> by the time I'm done, then I will have played every decent game worth playing on the three sixty. Then I can, well, hopefully have by then saved up enough to get a PS four or the PS four Neo or the PS four Scorpion or the PS four Power Sphere or. Whatever friggin' new wacko doodads they may have open. Oh. Just wait for the uh, PS4 scrotum that's coming out. Oh, co- <laughs> oh, oh come against fear. <laughs> and uh, if they're like not that great, then I'll just hopefully that they'll just drive down the price of the core unit, mm-hmm. and then I can enjoy that. We- yeah. I love that they have the execution room. They just call it a weird room. Like <laughs> what the fuck, the weird room. Yeah, well, on page Who 46. got root here? Yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, yeah, so basically <laughs> the Diary of the Gums True section is basically showing you all the places you can go to. It's and, a set uh, for a snuff film. They, my favorite one is number nine, On the Street, and it just says, who are these people? <laughs> and there's just like a dude like pointing a gun at you. <laughs> You're walking down the street and then there's this guy with a gun in your face. Who are these people? What do they want? <laughs> And why does he keep asking me for money? He's clear he can afford a gun. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the whole point. If you have a gun, you never, it's like it's a universal ATM card. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't need to have a job. Or, or yeah, you just have a gun. I got a gun. What I, you, don't even, you don't even have to walk up to a machine. <laughs> hey, uh, give me money. American dream. It works. Uh, <laughs> unless they also have a universal ATM card. Then it ends poorly. <laughs> so there's another private eye in this game called you, apparently you, called you Ace up, Harding. <laughs> you end up making a deposit at the morgue. Mm. 
So yeah, I don't think you any of us have played this game, but it looks kind of awesome in a weird way. But yeah, I don't ever see myself playing it, unfortunately, just because of the slow game controls of having to select, yeah. use, open, whatever, and figure out what magical thing on the screen you're supposed to touch yeah. and move on plus, next. Plus, if you read this thing from front to end, you've got the entire story and the names of everyone who's framed mm-hmm. you. And <laughs> if you just read this article... Congratulations! You you've, effect- you've effectively played the game. Well, right. I would watch. I would watch. I watch the hell of a playthrough. Is what I would do for this yeah. game. If it was like narrated with this guy's voice, I'd absolutely <laughs> yeah. watch it. What's interesting is uh, so that this is more like adult theme. They have drugs, murder. Yeah, they even have a woman in a trunk. If you look on oh, page what I love about that, I love women oh, in trunks. It's my that. favorite place. Well, to they keep talk about. <laughs> what I love about is that is that number nine on the street, punks everywhere. I met Sugar Shack near the cop house. She said she'd wire Siegel's car with a bomb, a sort of homecoming present now that she was out of the pen. <laughs> Sweet as a lemon, I ended the conversation with a quick jab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I long for the days where you could punch women. Oh. <laughs> the 30s were oh, great. Oh, man. It legitimately um, had like friends that have watched Mad Men and like, man, we were born the wrong age. Holy fuck. Okay, just, <laughs> just walk around, just walk, walk around the office. Oh, know, the good, the good old days when you can just put a skirt in her place. Yeah, there's there some go. days at the uh, office it would be nice to smack an ass here when there. I, when, <laughs> I, when I could smoke indoors and molest people at the office. Where, where were the days when I was at King? <laughs> of course, we all died <laughs> of polio, but who cares? <laughs> Marco. Polio. <laughs> all right let's uh let's let's stick a kebab in this uh steak i would say yeah so uh, this is the uh we're gonna end on the uh, halfway point here uh the work at the back of the poster and they just have a nice uh i guess large poster of all the interiors from everything and apparently the path in which to get to them all mm-hmm so it's basically tell you you have to beat the game, <laughs> which is nice of them. All right, um, gentlemen, let's go ahead and end uh, part one. I'll, I'll do the little outro bit. You, in between um, episodes, you can find us on Twitter at GetThePower88, as well as on Facebook, of course, at the Playing With Power podcast page. And uh, please take a moment, go on iTunes, and uh, give us a rating in review that'll help us increase our exposure and if you don't know where you found us you can find us on itunes of course google play music uh nobex radio if you're on blackberry podbean and uh, stitcher i believe and uh, probably a uh, seashell out there if you listen hard enough yeah as a, <laughs> as a stolen but, from but, john in the but, past. But, but only pick up the seashells if you see a box floating in the ocean don't open it my, don't open the box find my present to you um, we also have a YouTube channel where you can find... Is it just one? Do we have two issues up there yet? Uh, well, we would have two. If somebody <laughs> hustled, not pointing any fingers. I'm a slacker, everyone. <laughs> All right, yep. so we and have you one can, up. Uh, also, you can email us, playingwithpowerpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. Find the video, which there will be a link on the page if you can find it on YouTube. But uh, just look for Mike and Ben, Playing With Power. Let's read issue one. And uh, we hope to have more Let's Reads so that you can see if you don't have the time or the ability, like you're just listening on your phone and you don't have the the capability or wherewithal to read the issues, now you can see what we're up to. 
And if you're wondering how you can read along, we always have preview posts on the Facebook page for every ep- episode that we uh, release. And it's got a link to a website where you can download scans on Nintendo Power, read along with us if you'd like to. And we are on a schedule now. We book end the week, Monday to Friday, with new episodes. And we are we have consistency. We are evolving. Why are you saying and it so you, derpy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you could just say every Monday and every Friday, a, you could expect an, an, an episode from us. There we go. <laughs> if you'd like to hear more of uh, Mike's dulcet tones, plus the uh, cracking of wood in the background, you can find him on the Geek Fallouts <laughs> Network, um, and he is on the Techno Babble Show, which is a technology, news, and information podcast where him and his co-host um chat about stuff and it's it's pretty nice yeah when we actually get to do it we're in a bit of a hiatus at the moment but check out our past episodes we've got 16 of them for your enjoyment so by the time you're caught up we should be back on track and And one of them features yours truly way back in the day (laughs) haven't gotten a re-invite i guess it wasn't that good if you're looking for me you can find me (laughs) neither have i neither have i i'm the damn host for me you can find me at the newest club in town manhole down near the airport (laughs) (laughs) all right so with that said uh i'll I'll take us on out of here and put this to bed i'm ben i'm mike i'm john and now you're playing with power Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power.